My guest today is Dave Tack. My name is Charlie Hall, and you're listening to Polygon's Quality Control. Dave, I've invited you here today to talk about God of War. How are you? This is a video game? This is a video game. This is actually, I'm told, a new video game, not the original God of War, even though they share the same name. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Maximum confusion, I think, is what they might be going for. But it may be warranted because it's it's a pretty big change to the franchise. All right. Well, th- I definitely want to talk about that. But first, a bit of a preamble for those folks at home who might be picking up God of War on launch day. We're going to try what we can to not spoil this game on this podcast. So feel free to listen forward spoiler-free. There are, however, I think... Uh, some significant spoilers in this game, we reserve the right to do a follow-up episode just to talk about whatever silliness is in there. But Dave, I don't think that you've uh, reached um, quite as far into the game as our reviewer Chris Plant has. You're, you're playing the game for guides, so you're, you're naturally just a little bit blind to whatever big things might be down the storyline. Nevertheless, I want to talk to you about, you know, let's start at the beginning. What, what is God of War, and why is it such a big change from the games that have come before? Well, uh, it, let's start maybe with the similarities, which is that it stars Kratos, the protagonist of the original God of War games. But there's a new voice actor, right? Christopher Judge, Teal'c from Stargate SG-1, m- my man. Nerd. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so he's he's the voice of Kratos. Kratos is not a guy who speaks a lot, um, but he does a good job. And uh, that is ooh, sort of most of the continuity in the game. Like, it is, there's a different setting. He's not in Greece anymore. He is in, um, well, I guess somewhere in Scandinavia. I'm not exactly sure where. Uh, but you're dealing with a new pantheon of gods, you know, oh. it's, it's not the Greek gods. It's the, you know, it's, it's the, the, the Nordic gods, the, um, I don't want to, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm going to be very careful about spoiling anything, but the Nordic gods are, are the pantheon to worry about in this game. Basically. Okay. Um, but like I said earlier, I think even though it is confusing the name of the game a little bit, uh, because it shares the name of a previous game, to call this God of War 5 would not necessarily be the right thing to do, or 4, or however you'd want to number it based on uh, what what's come before it. Because it's not just the setting that changed. It's sort of, well, it is how the game plays. Um, it's still an action game. There's you know still a lot of that stuff in it, but it is not... It does not play like the previous games. It plays well, but it plays differently. Uh, you know, you don't have giant, for example, at the beginning of the game, you don't have giant chains strapped to your arms. It's not this sort of, you know, to, uh, almost a uh, maybe an isometric, not exactly isometric, but, you know, like not a pulled back view. You are right there behind Kratos's shoulders uh, in a what would typically be like a Uncharted style over the shoulder third person uh a game except this time you don't 
have guns, you have uh, an axe. Oh, so it's not is... a battle royale game. Okay, things are looking up. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, you, you basically your axe is, a, if you've ever seen the Marvel movies um, and you're familiar with a character named Thor who has a hammer, this is very much, uh, your axe is very much like that weapon. Hmm. Um, you know, it's it's something you deploy, uh, you throw, you recall. Um, there, there's a whole bunch of, basically all of the combat is, is based around that sort of third person throwing your weapon if you want to or, um, you know, getting up close and personal and, and, and wielding that. Of course, you can also, maybe not of course, you can also put your weapon away and just punch guys with your fists in their face too. But I'm sure with um, the axe, you can do kind of like trick kills and multi-kills and your dismemberment sure. things and stuff yep. like that. Yep. Uh, and there is a whole sort of skills upgrade section of the game where you earn XP, uh, you know, just through doing things, completing quests, side quests, other things like that. Uh, and after you do that, you, uh, you know, cash in your XP for skills that, you know, ramp up your offense or your defense, or give you more moves, things like that. Kind of feels a little like like Horizon Zero Dawn-ish? Yep, yep. Uh, this game reminds me of the feeling I had when I played the first Uncharted game years ago, which was that mm, n- 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 there wasn't anything that, there wasn't a lot of stuff that felt brand new to me. In, instead the game felt familiar in a bunch of ways that i liked like there was oh there's the cover system from here and the over the shoulder you know perspective from here and the rich story from here and it, it just sort of all combined into the sort of like somebody took the best aspects from several other things that i liked and then combined them into this one thing put their twists on it but but basically pulled off a uh, sort of an amalgam of a bunch of different games and created something new with all of those things. And that's the thing that's what I feel like when I play God of War. It's a it is part God of War. It is part uh like you said Horizon Zero Dawn. There is very much a Dark Souls influence down to the default control scheme. Whoa, um, okay. Yeah, there is uh you know, there's there's RPG elements. Um it is an open world game like like straight up like there are not it's not, you know, corridor based and and all of that stuff that you may have expected if you had played previous games. Um, yeah, there's just they they incorporate. There's a lot of influences here, but it it feels uh, of a whole. All of those all right. things come together to to form a really interesting um, game that I think, as I may have said earlier, like something you wouldn't necessarily suspect if if you were coming to this. Um, you know, having played the previous games, it's a real rethink or sort of, sort of soft. I don't know, soft or not. There's a reboot of the franchise here. Well, from what I recall of the trailers and some of the early coverage that our Smitsar Car did, um, you know, God of War, Kratos has been datified. This is part of the datification craze <laughs> that swept through video games just a couple of years ago. Kratos got swept up in it, and he he has a son now. Is that his son, Atreus? Yep. That is correct. How does he function in the game? It's actually a really good, uh, uh, one of the things that I like most about the game. I I came to this game fresh off of Far Cry 5, which also uses companions a lot. And um, I think companions in a game are an interesting idea 
that aren't always very interesting or exciting. Like it, it tends to be sort of a chore to manage them. If you think back to like the original Gears of War, where that was supposed to be like, you know, you're Marcus Phoenix and you're sort of, you know, ordering these two people who are with you all the time. I'm sorry, Dave. The only play, the only way to play a Gears of War game is two player. That's there uh, is no yeah. other way, um, or else you're just dragging around this uh-huh. dumb dude that gets stuck yeah. in your way, right. or you know, Booker I, Catch. Uh-huh. You know, they're just throwing you ammo. They sort of backed off on that, basically, uh, in 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 future Gears of War games, and I think Far Cry Five does a, a decent job of of having companions, but they do what companions tend to do, which is sort of if you want them to do a very specific thing, you have a way to do that. Like get your sniper to snipe this person that works out, but it involves a bunch of management basically. And when you're not managing them, they sort of oscillate between slightly helpful because, you know, probably because a game (laughs) developers don't want to tune a game so that your NPCs kill everybody and you don't have a chance. Um, And also on they, they appear dumb at times and just do weird bizarro things. So that whole preamble, the whole point of me talking about that is to contrast it with, um, with God of war, where basically, um, your son is a, is, is basically non-interference. Um, you can upgrade him eventually to, to, uh, sort of join in the fight in, in other ways, but effectively he is, um, He's a person you don't have to worry much about if you don't want to. Like you don't have to run. You don't have to worry about, for example, him dying on the battlefield and you running over to to revive him. Mm-hmm. Um, you don't you don't have to worry about being granular about attacking like he's pretty good at sort of staying off screen and doing his own things. What he excels at. So it turns out I like to play this God of War game from a distance. I'm a really big fan of throwing my axe. And uh, my son, boy, as Kratos calls him, is uh, it has a, a bow and arrow. So let me be clear. Kratos does not have a bow and arrow at all times. His son does. But effectively, the way that this game works, Kratos has a bow and arrow at all times. <laughs> because map to the uh, square button, all you have to do is tap square and whoever you're facing, basically, or fighting if you're, if you're locked on or or looking at in a, in a reticle if you're holding down uh, L2, um, if you tap square, your son shoots an arrow at the target. So while you can, you, you in effect, what I'm saying is that you have a bow and arrow on you at all times. It's not super powerful. He's not going to pull off sick headshots, but it, it's helpful in situations like uh, filling up an enemy's stamina meter, which allows you to grab onto them and you know, rip them apart or, or do things like that. You know, or do, I imagine just interrupting things. an attack and adding yep. a flavor to your own combos Absolutely. and stuff like that. It's just another uh, arrow in your quiver. I said it. Hey, but as you know, as a parent, I, I, it strikes me as very odd to play through this game, which is super violent and bloody and gory. And you know, you're probably going up against gods uh, to have a child there as witness. How does that play out narratively in the game? This is another um, this is another thing I like about the game, um, and I'm not going to give anything away uh, specifically. Um, so I'll, I'll dance around a bunch of stuff, but let me say at the outset that I th- that there needs to be Kratos is not 
it is the same character from the previous games, right? There's in the sense that there's continuity there, but he doesn't act like the world's least likable protagonist in this series. Um, and you know, where he arguably did in, uh, in the previous series of games. And there has to be some sort of narrative discussion. If you're going to take a character and basically say like, well, he's, he's kind of this guy, mostly the same is the same, whatever. Um, but he's acting differently. Why, how can we explain that? And this game's answer is his son. Um, his Kratos' son makes him want to be a better man. And it is not, if you know anything about Kratos, not necessarily in his wheelhouse to do that um, and not necessarily an easy thing to do. So the characters feed on each other where Kratos is helping and protecting his son in a situation where they do not have a choice about what they're doing and, and seeing all of the blood and stuff. And his, and his son is sort of helping him see the world in, let's say, less black and white terms. So, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a sort of symbiotic relationship, right? Where, yeah, it, they don't pretend that, like, a, let's say he's 10 years old or so. They don't pretend that it's no big deal that he sees violence. In fact, one of the earliest themes they tackle is this violence and this death is tough for this child, but they don't stop there. They don't just, it's not a, it's not a scene that plays out and then is ignored for the rest of the game. It, it's a thing where, like I said, they, they feed back into each other. So you get in situations where Kratos doesn't give a damn about something and the kid does and Kratos may be annoyed, but narratively you have a choice to do, to do a thing or to ignore a thing. And if the way they set it up is if you do the thing, you're you're doing it because your son in the game wants you to do it. And it it is it is it is emotional character evolution. That's a terrible crappy phrase, but it's what it feels like. Like well, games have certainly tried other ways to evolve characters without emotion. <laughs> Trust you me. So this I think that's valid here. <laughs> yeah, it just feels it's one of those things I'm constantly surprised at this game for many reasons uh you know i i was interested in this game i was excited to play it but i did not realize how um ambitious this game is and how it succeeds in a lot of ways that i think other games fail this being maybe the perfect example of that where it's um where it 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 doesn't hammer into you it doesn't nobody turns to the camera and winks and says remember this is a theme of this game but it's always there are things like that that are themes and the game changes you know the 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 old uh like the the old fiction writers adage where you should show don't tell mm-hmm. you should show that somebody's tired not just say charlie was tired right um uh, there's th- this game does a lot of showing and rather than telling which is good uh, you know it does a, it's a fair bit of both but there is a sort of there's a lot of cohesion in there um and it, it, it it's it, you don't even have to pay much attention to realize it's always happening you know one of the things that really put me off of the original series was just how gratuitous and how 
tone deaf in a way it felt. The other thing that kind of put me off of it was just that it, it, from a distance, it looked like just a bunch of quick time events. It sounds like this really is a new beginning for the God of War franchise. And I'm, I'm really interested, having played through um, some of the beginning non or less violent parts of um, Horizon Zero Dawn with, with my eight-year-old daughter, this sounds like something that interests me as a parent. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if it's going to interest the general audience though. Do you think they got a little over their skis with this thing? Do you think it's going to resonate? I I do. Yeah. I hmm, How do I want to say this? Um first of all, I don't think that you will be able to play this video game with your daughter. Oh no. No, no, like, no. There's there's plenty of time that you can spend not fighting. But when you are fighting, make no mistake about it, you may be fighting slightly differently, but it's still God of War. You can still grab an enemy, uh, punch him in the face, uh, knock him to the ground, and then stomp on his head till it explodes. Like, that is a God of War thing, and it is still here. But in between that, uh, that's not you're not going to be doing a ton of... Well, I shouldn't say that. It's not, it's not that you're not going to be doing a ton of that. It's almost that it's in your... Um, it's up to you how much you want to focus on that and how much you want to focus on other things that, again, I don't want to spoil. But suffice it to say that there is plenty to do that is not necessarily combat. But if it's combat you're interested in, there's also plenty of that. Um, and there's interesting stuff that happens along the way. There's a lot of puzzles in this game. Um, a lot of trying to figure out the environment. There are these enormous, enormous set pieces um, that are that, that are memorable in ways that I know I'm certain I will talk about. Uh, you know, when when we talk about this game in years past, there are moments that I think everybody will remember when these things happen. Big reveals, big you know environmental things. Like you know, it it is a very well put together game, and I think I you know I don't think they got ahead of themselves. I don't think that they outpaced what their um what their goal was because to go back to what I said at the beginning, it feels in a lot of ways like that original uncharted, which is to say a bunch of things that are all done really well in a package that feels cohesive. I expect a lot of people are going to buy this game and play this game and like this game, honestly, because it is, uh, it's outstanding. It really is. Wow. Wow. Well, again, Understand that uh, we're recording this ahead of time. Dave, you haven't finished the game yet. Our Chris Plant has. He's writing up the review as we speak. And if you've enjoyed this episode of Quality Control, you definitely want to read Chris Plant's more in-depth review of the game. And, of course, Dave and your team, you're going to be putting together a lot of guides for this as well, I imagine. Um, Yeah. (laughs) And so please check back at polygon.com for those guides as well. But I just wanted to thank you for taking the time. I know it's a very busy time of the year. We're coming up on these big releases on 420. So thanks, Dave, for, for taking the time to join us today. No problem, buddy. Thanks for having me. And thanks to you at home for listening today. We've got a lot more on Polygon.com today. We're looking at Radical Heights, which is that latest battle royale game from the team that made Lawbreakers. We're also following Mark Zuckerberg's testimony uh, before the U.S. lawmakers about uh, the privacy concerns over at Facebook. So head on over to our website to read more about those articles. Until we've got another game to talk about, this is Charlie Hall for Dave Tech. Thank you for listening to Polygon's quality control.
You're listening to the Vox Media Podcast Network.